powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Brady. Uh, I am joined here tonight with uh, my good buddy, Connor Rabchuk. <sighs> On a night... <laughs> <laughs> what like <laughs> where, oh, where, do, where do we even man. start on a night where the winnipeg jets lose three nothing to the san jose sharks one of the worst teams in the league uh they do outshoot outsh- out shoot the sharks but uh but unfortunately that doesn't really matter if you don't score any goals uh first off uh, as i said before i'm joined here by connor uh connor how are you doing here tonight <laughs> I'm great. Um, I'm doing well, even though that Jets game was quite possibly the worst one of the year, arguably. Um, just I feel like we the, say that every the time game. of the season. I know, I know. <laughs> it's it's becoming it's becoming like tiresome to say that, but um, no, I'm I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, I've done this once before with Liz, and it was a blast. So I'm looking forward to uh, to doing it again. Well, well, thank you for staying up uh, to the wee hours yeah. of the morning. <laughs> to go over this, uh, if uh, as you know, as you guys, as he said, uh, he's been on here with us before, but you can find Connor on Twitter at uh, Connor Karabchuk one. Uh, he does some uh, writing covering the Manitoba Moose. So if you're interested in the prospects and stuff that the Jets got going on, it's a good place to uh, to get some good insight. And of course, he's on the Level Flight podcast as well, too, with uh, Brian, who he had on a couple of episodes ago. All right. Well, you know what? Let's let's just dive into it. Let's let's just let's you know. It. There's no let's other way to do it. it. Uh, it. I I think a good place to start here is uh, were the Jets goalie tonight? They had you know 40 plus shots. Uh, Brendan Dillon at the at the at the you know at the break even mentioned that you know they're gonna have to work hard to get one past Reimer. So they they remember the last time that uh, they played the Sharks. Uh, I'm just curious, in your opinion. Was this uh, James Reimer's doing, or did the Jets maybe not create as much as uh, they were hoping to? I I am of the mindset that they did get goalied to an extent. Probably not the worst that they've been goalied this year. But then again, there are so many, like there's such a long list of things that the Jets did wrong, like deployment-wise, just playing-wise, <laughs> um, whatever you want to talk about that I'm sure we'll get into, that you can't even like being goalied isn't even like top three uh, on the list of like things or like reasons they lost. Uh, like, yeah, they did get goalied to an extent. I haven't looked at uh, like money puck or natural statric, but I'm sure Reimer saved like a million goals above expected, but it was, it was something still... like three or I think it was three. Uh, no, I, I guess. Cause they didn't get score any uh, goals. The, the goals, right. the expected goals the jets created was uh 4.4 uh goals above see, like see like that leads me to believe like they got goalied but then again you're watching the game and it's just like you see wheeler who's getting played double the amount uh that Ehlers is getting played you see the line combinations you see the the classic bonus panic blender uh at the start of the third period and it's just like yeah james reimer played great that one save on appleton was ridiculous but there are so many other things do, do you think they got goalied like I mean, I, I think I think I agree with your assessment of to a certain extent, yeah. Because like, I, I mean, you know, you look at the the paddle save that Reimer made on uh, on Mason Appleton, and you go like, like, what else can you can you really ask for? But then I also look in, and I think about it, and I go, the the top six was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty. What's the word? Like pedestrian tonight. Like it just seemed yeah. like that no one really had it in the top six. I'm sure we'll talk about Mark Shifley. I'm sure we'll talk about Blake Wheeler and his deployment. 
Um, but and and obviously the lines and everything. But just in general, like I'm, I, I, I am now looking at at natural statric, and you know the okay. top four players who 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 are on the like just uh, for the amount of expected goals they created are Adam mm-hmm. Lowry, Vlad Nemeskov, who I guess was in the top six. Morgan Barron, who's a, to- a bottom four pl- or a bottom bottom line player, like, and he played what eight minutes and fifty seven seconds tonight. Like, I-, I I don't know. I don't even know what to say. And and when it comes to all this, like, the Jets just cr- ha- despite not being able to create anything, also the the turnovers that they had tonight like it just felt like at any point the you know the sharks could have pounced and and gotten e- even more goals obviously hellbuck played decently well i don't think that tonight's was anything of of his fault obviously you got to score a goal to uh to win right. but uh but yeah and you know what i i i think the first place i i we have to start uh it's just because there we we have to start here sorry i'm fumbling over my words had too much uh too much sugar to try and keep myself awake um <laughs> let's just start off with nikolai ehlers i mean for, the other day we get the <laughs> we get the note that uh rick bonus has switched up the lines uh instead of playing with mark shifley and uh blake wheeler he gets dropped down into the bottom nine uh to play with uh appleton and lowry bonus said it wasn't anything of it he didn't see it as a demotion but rather uh, you know, he wanted Ehlers to still play his game and, and, uh, and maximize what they get out of his minutes. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious what your first initial reaction was to that. Uh, and then also, I guess in play tonight, how did you, uh, how do you think that line did tonight? I thought the Ehlers, like I thought Ehlers individually played quite well. Like it, it wasn't anything spectacular, but it wasn't anything worse than what we've seen over the last two weeks from him. He's he's kind of developed a consistent game over the last like two weeks, I'd say. Mm-hmm. He he had been up and down coming off the injury, but I think he's really established himself. And he played 13 minutes and 50 seconds in this one. Uh, the quote to me, I don't have it available. Um, but the quote that bonus, like the reasoning he was demoting Ehlers, being like he turns the puck over too much and we want him to have the puck on his stick more often and stuff like that. All of that stuff, just like you could say about any top six player, you could say that about Mark Shifley, you say that about Blake Wheeler uh, and the whole thing about Ehlers having the stick, uh, the puck on his stick more often would be more true. If you put him with a guy like Nino who like creates space with his physicality and then you let Ehlers kind of just skate around and do his thing playing with like two checking forwards that, don't really create much off the rush. Having said that, you said Adam Lowry created a bunch uh, of expected goals in this game, but those guys don't typically generate off the rush. And I just don't understand. And I see people in the chat, Brian saying uh, they're actively avoiding going back to the Connor Dubois Ehlers line. The fact that that line has not been put back together is just mind boggling because they, ha- they can't score. The TSM broadcast keeps sa- kept saying they haven't scored three goals, three or more goals in like six or seven games, and then you get shut out by James Reimer. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. But I thought Ehlers played well. I thought he played well, I, despite I, being on the third line. I, I definitely, I, I agree with his, you know the assessment of Ehlers uh, on that line. I did, th- I, I did think he had a pretty good game. And uh, despite, I here's the thing, because I obviously, you know, we're both in the same boat uh, as we are, you know, Nikolai Ehlers truthers. Um, the philosophy of of taking someone in the top six and dropping them down into the bottom six to try and get some more, you know, some more scoring and some more depth is totally fine to me. 
And the same thing with, uh, you know, vice versa, putting, excuse me, um, Vlad Nemestikov up in that top six uh, right. totally makes a lot of sense to me. But it only makes sense in my brain is if you're putting Vlad Nemestikov up with Nikolai Ehlers and playing, you know, playing those guys together. We saw the, what they were creating. And, you know, we, we talked about that line when it was, you know, Wheeler, Ehlers, and Nemesnikov. And it it feels like like Bonus looked at that line and saw that Nemesnikov was helping Wheeler rather than helping Ehlers. Like, I, I just don't, I don't understand how he came to that conclusion. And especially, you know, Going back to what Brian said in the chat, what you were saying there about, you know, actively avoiding going back to that Connor Dubois Ehlers line. Like, I, 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 I am, I'm speechless. I don't know what to say as to like, um, uh, the entire, like <laughs> the, the, geez, I can't even form a thought right it's now. So, Good grief. No, it, it's so hard <laughs> to articulate what they're thinking. But, so I don't even blame you. But I like, don't even blame you. When you get Kevin Sawyer on, on the broadcast now, like saying how, you know, Mark Shifley hasn't been, hasn't even been shooting, let alone scoring. Blake Wheeler hasn't scored in how many games now. And the, you know, the guy who's getting the demotion is Nick Ehlers again, playing 14 minutes a night. Like what's, what's the deal here? Like what's going on? And, and I understand that, you know, Nick Ehlers is, is a very special player in the sense of um, I, I I can at least understand why maybe a coach might try to, you know, do some mental gymnastics to figure out, uh, you know, for a reason why he would be, you know, put down on that third line. You know, he's a tough guy to find, uh, you know, players who work well with him, who are in sync with him. But you found it before. Like, you found the line of, of, of Connor Dubois Ehlers. You found Nemestikov with him. Uh, and, and Ehlers is constantly getting the short end of the stick. Like, I just don't understand it. And, you know, that this kind of moves me on to, to Mark Shifley, where tonight, like I, every single game that we watch of him, it just feels like he's more and more disengaged. All right. Would you agree with me in that sentiment? Yeah. Uh, I, I want to ask you and people in the chat if they got um the, the like infamous Pierre-Luc Dubois, like the shift that got him basically <laughs> traded out of Columbus, which I didn't even think was that like really that bad at the time. I think that was a little bit overblown. He just was like away from the play and just looked disinter- disinterested. But the the turnover that he had leading to the goal, they had like an ISO cam on him. Oh. Uh, Tia ascended and he just is like floating and then the puck comes to him in the middle and then he loses it. And then he's just floating and he loses his guy. And then the puck ends up at the back of the net. And I'm like, that gives me pretty big, like the shift vibes. He like, doesn't even like bend his knees really. And just, it ends up in the back of the net. And he, tur- and he, he was the one that turned it over the blue line. I don't know. I, I it's, it, it's even more concerning when you're not getting the offense from him because you haven't really got the defense from like Mark Shaffey's never really been a 200 foot mm-hmm. guy. Uh, but then again, when he's not even getting shots on net, like let alone assists, secondary assists, he's getting like power play points, whatever. If he's getting Mickey Mouse stats, but he's not even shooting on the net. That's like the biggest thing. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. And <laughs> I want to I want to highlight Kishore in the chat here saying we've had four years of of that shift with Shifley. Yes. Um, <laughs> no. Like I, when when okay when the Dubois the shift thing happened, there's so many people on Jets Twitter saying like if you just watch one Jets game, Shifley does this like four times a game. <laughs> it's like yeah, it, it's it's it, it's true to an extent. Like and it's even more 
magnified when let alone he's not scoring the whole team's not scoring right it just looks that much worse absolutely and with him it's just like i feel like this i feel like we're really we're at a crossroads here this offseason like you know we can all we can talk playoffs and i'm sure we'll get into the fact that calgary won tonight and nashville won tonight and what this means for the playoffs when the jets can't even beat the (laughs) james reimer and uh and the sharks but like going back to 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 Shifley, like ever since the trade deadline, I th- I pers- I have this personal belief that I I think that Shifley uh, is pissed off with the lack of um with the lack of moves that the Jets made at the trade deadline, and then right after that after that all happens, you then get the uh the benching in Carolina, and since then it just feels like he has completely sold the season like he does not care if they make playoffs or not in my mind it almost feels like he's like the sooner you get me off this team the better uh and it's it's really sad because not only is he one someone who we've you know we've wanted to lean on we've tried to make him into you know this guy who we can depend on and at the start of the season everyone was celebrating him like everyone was talking about how uh how much different of a player he seemed this year under a different coach and fast forward to, you know, what, four or five months later, here we are again. Um, so, you know what, I, I'm going to I'm going to I I feel like I, I need to ask this right now because there were some oh there were some, you know, some rumblings, some shakes. Uh, you know, Elliot Friedman had uh, had his mouth, you know, flapping wide on his podcast. And he said something along the lines of uh, he can sense a big shakeup coming for the Jets in this offseason, you know. Again, we can talk playoffs, but I think that right now the 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 bigger picture uh, is is past playoffs because I think we're probably both in agreement that it's not going to go on for long, <laughs> even if we make yeah. it there. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the off season potentially coming up here with the Jets? You know, all the Dubois stuff, Shifley, Hellebuck, Wheeler, all these guys. Um, do you feel like the Jets are going to make a big change, or do you feel like? Uh, they're going to stick to it one more year and ride this thing out into the sunset. I would like to think that they're going to blow it up because I think that this is what they sh- that, that That's what I would do if I was Kevin Shoveldayoff. I would not try and run it back. Uh, but I said this at the tail end of um, a shameless plug, the latest level flight episode. But I said at the end, like the Nino deal and the Rick bonus contract make me think that they're running it back. Because the Nino contract obviously doesn't finish this year. It finishes after next season. And when they signed Rick Bonus, that was a two-year deal. I'm pretty sure there's a club option for three. Um, but that it it has two years for sure. And mm-hmm. that's, again, Hellebuck. Everyone's up after that year. I think they run it back. And then they won't maximize their returns. Because they won't be in a playoff position. Or maybe they will at the deadline. And it'll be like... I don't even know like that's honestly looking too far ahead, but if they're like bad next year, then they'll try and trade them at the deadline and they won't get as much as a, a, of a return. Right. I think they should maximize in the off season right now. The Dubois thing is so complex to me because obviously he wants to go to Montreal and everyone knows that like Montreal knows that mm-hmm. Winnipeg knows that it seems like league wide people know that. But then again, like you could just have a random team come out of nowhere and wow, the jets, um, because they want to contend and they want Pierre-Luc Dubois and they'll just make a better offer simply. And then maybe Montreal signs him after, but I think they should trade everyone, but I 
think they run it back. Yeah, I I personally am of the mind that they will they're gonna half run it back. Um, I think okay. I, I have a feeling. I don't know. It's just there's something internal with me right now. I I just have this feeling that Mark Shifley is not on this hockey team come next year, next season. Um, yeah. I think that the Jets actually tried to move him this offseason. Remember about Drager coming out with all that info, uh, or just basically saying like he does not expect Mark Shifley to return. I think what happened this offseason, though, is that the Jets ended up trying to trade Shifley for, you know, another version of Shifley, like, like a, a player who is, you know, a roster player, kind of similar in age. Um, and now I actually just had the thought right now. I wonder if they, you know, look at some sort of like Evgeny Kuznetsov thing. Cause that, that, that to me screams the mm-hmm. Jets of, hey, we have a problem. You guys have a problem. Let's both not solve it by giving each other each other's problems. Um, but I, I would expect the Jets to try and run it back next year, but slightly tinkered and slightly altered. And, uh, I, I completely agree with you that, uh, that, you know, this offseason is when you're going to get the most value. Um, you know, if you can get some sort of sign in trade with like Connor Hellebuck, uh, I think that that is the sig- the signal of, you know, we're actually taking a step back here, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's a scary, it's a scary time to be a Jets fan, but it's also very interesting yeah. uh, with all the potential moves that could be made this off season. Um, but we are getting a little bit of ahead of ourselves tonight. The, uh, <laughs> the Jets ended up losing, as we said to the, to the Sharks yeah. and, um, the Calgary Flames won their game. The National Predators also won their game. Right now, it feels like the Jets are kind of in free fall, but the teams behind them are also not great either. Uh, I'm just curious on your opinion of will the Jets make playoffs? Uh, do you think that you know they they should be worried about making playoffs? Um, you know, how do you feel about you know Nashville or Calgary potentially storming up the rear and taking them over? Now, I've never really taken Nashville seriously just because if you go look at their team, they are like that team making the playoffs would be hilarious because it's the ultimate like goaltender is just carrying them. Uh, I think their their bottom six is just full of AHLers. They traded away everyone at the deadline. Uh, if UC Soros somehow carries them into a playoff round, that would be magnificent and hilarious. Uh, but I think it's Calgary for me. That's the the number one team or the, obviously the one of the two that I think is the biggest threat to the jets. And obviously they have that big game coming up um, Wednesday, April 5th, but the jets <laughs> we've been saying this for weeks now, but they're in control of their own destiny. And especially so because their schedule is not that terrible down the stretch. Like they come home for five games here. They get the red wings, devils, flames, preds, sharks. So you can basically chalk up the Sharks as a loss, apparently, because they they just can't beat the Sharks. Um, But the Red Wings, um, again, a team on the outside looking in, they're not making the playoffs, right? The Devils are a really good team. The Flames, that's like the biggest game of the year. Um, They get the Flames and the Preds back-to-back on the Wednesday and the Saturday. So that that will literally decide their season. Uh, But that those two games are huge, obviously. I think they they lose... (laughs) It would be so funny. It would be it would be so Jets if they beat Calgary and Nashville and then lose to San Jose and then Calgary and Nashville like win their games yeah. and make up the ground anyways. So I could see something like that happening where they like 
they lose to Detroit, but they beat New Jersey and then they beat Calgary, but then they lose to San Jose because that's just what the Jets do. They they win when you don't think they will. And then they lose when you think they're obviously going to win because the Sharks have lost nine straight. Right. So obviously they're going to win. No, but yeah. Mm hmm. Oh, that would be very Jets. Uh, I it would be so Jets. I simultaneously would hate to see it, but I would also love to see it because it would be really entertaining. And uh, and yeah, but I also want the Jets to make playoffs because it is fun doing these shows, and it would be a lot more right. fun uh, doing it in uh, in whiteout gear. But but alas, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, in the meantime, though, uh, things are not going well for the Jets right now, and uh I, I'm just curious, you know, what what do you think could potentially be some sort of solve for this right now? Is if you were, you know, if you were Rick Bonus right now, uh what what can even happen? Like what can we do? Can we take any sort of uh, you know, feel good out of the fact that the Jets were able to, you know, make, you know, get forty five shots here tonight? Can we do do moral victories mean anything? Not that I think tonight was a moral victory, but uh let's just say you know, against Nashville or Let's let's leave the Calgary game because I agree with you that I think Calgary is much more of the threat. Let's just say against Nashville or even the Devils or whoever, uh, they play well but they lose. Um, would you one? Do you do you think that moral victories are worth anything at this point of the year when they're chasing points? But also, are should like the Jets should make playoffs based on how everything is right now? Um, Sorry. So my question is, my bad. I'm all over the place tonight. Uh, and my question is, do moral victories mean anything? And also, you know, where do we even start to to fix this team and get them playoff ready? I think I, I'm of the mindset that moral victories mean something in like game 32 when you're building who you are as a team. And if you go into San Jose and you get goalied, you get goalied. Uh, but at this time of the year, you cannot take moral victories, especially with the way that the Jets are playing uh, and where they sit in the standings. Now, shooting talent has been a thing that the Jets have shot above expectation for years. Um, when In 2019, when obviously when you have Patrick Laine on your team, you're going to shoot above expectation. Um, but they always used to be like a net positive team where they would generate a certain amount, but they would score more than they're supposed to based on the shots that they're generating. Right. Um, but this year they're way below that. I think I saw something on Twitter the other day where they're like eighth and expected goals for, but 22nd in uh, shooting percentage or goals or whatever. Uh, so there's a big discrepancy there. And when you get goalied by Joel Hofer, uh, James Reimer, um, like, I don't know, these goalies that are like barely backups uh, and you get goalied by them. I don't think that's a coincidence over and over again. So it's, it's encouraging to see, like they didn't just roll over and it would have been a lot more concerning if they lost three, nothing and gave up 45 shots. But then again, you need to find a way to win because this, like, this is getting ridiculous. You're getting goalied by backup goalies um, and you can't score goals. It's, you can't take moral victories uh i don't know how they get out of the shooting funk i would obviously start with putting connor dubois ehlers back together um i've been very vocal of that just because that line was one of the best lines in the league when they were together uh you have nina Ryder now you could play with shifley uh nemesikov has been a solid addition there are ways to to generate offense through deployment through deployment and one thing i do want to say is this team is not good enough to overcome both Rick bonus and their opponents. So the devil's coming up. You can't beat the devils. If you're not deployed 
exactly how you're supposed to be. Because if you're already taking a step back, the Devils are good enough. They're just going to kill you, right? Um, the Flames as well. If you go into that game with a suboptimal lineup, you're starting a step behind. And in a game like that, yeah, you might outplay them. Uh, but say Jacob Markstrom has his best game of the year and then you lose in regulation. You know, it's it, you, you got to bonus has to get back to what worked. And that is where they have to start um, because they're playing well right now. They just aren't being deployed properly. I uh, I I agree on on a good chunk of it. The only thing I will say, uh, just mm-hmm. just to to loop back around, I'm sorry, I gave you a very wide open question for a lot. I asked like four <laughs> things in one. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I actually think that uh, to a certain extent, it depends on the game. I think that there is something that can be said for a moral victory at this point of the year. And my only okay. my only reasoning for that, um, and I and I completely get why anyone would go. What what do you even mean? Um, at some point, the Jets need to start playing well. <laughs> if they are going to make playoffs, I mean, obviously, very, very obviously, results are the thing that is the most important thing, in my opinion, obviously. Uh, they have to make playoffs and and this and that. But at the same time, you know, I still think they should likely make playoffs. So, you know, I would be happy if, you know, the Jets lost against the, the Devils. And let's just say by that point, we know that they're probably hopefully going to be in. Um or at least, you know, it, it's still looking very likely. Uh, I'd, I'd still be happy if the Jets co- show up and play well, because at the end of the day, like, I do want the Jets to do well in the play. I mean, obviously you do too. Um, but right. if if they just fall, you know, fall backwards down the stairs into the playoffs, it's just going to be a 4 no- four nothing you know, sweep and, and it's over, right? Um, I would like to potentially, you know, win a couple games in playoffs, which at this point I'm not not confident that they will at all. Um, and and you know, I'm not saying that you think that or anything like that, but uh, right. but going back to the lineup and everything like that, um, I think that I I would also start by putting you know Dubois, Ehlers, and Connor back together. I would really love to see some sort of, you know, even if it's just for a couple shifts here and there during the game, I would love to see some sort of promotion for Morgan Bear. And I think that he's been playing fantastic over the past, you know, since the Jets began to slide since the All-Star break. He's at least shown that he uh, cares. And it's crazy that we even have to talk about the fact that, you know, that he cares. And that's a good thing. Um, but, you know, at this point, that's and I think that's also why it's so frustrating as Jets fans too, like, you know, this team should be capable of more. But again, you know, Rick Bonus deploying suboptimal lineups, uh, players who, you know, don't really care to give, you know, as much effort as they can. And that's kind of how we get to here today. So going back to lineups, again, I'm all over the place. I apologize. Um, <laughs> I would I, I would put that, together that top line again, but I also would experiment with some sort of, uh, you know, running the 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 three scoring lines and i would love to do something where maybe you do you know like a if you if you do have to take that line apart to you know get some more depth do something along the lines of like ehlers shifley and nemesnikov uh connor dubois nino although i i think nino might be actually better served with um with Shifley, uh, because I, I think Shifley yeah. really needs someone who can work his ass off and get the puck to him, because he certainly won't. Um, and then, you know, in the cases where you do need a goal, then you can put together that top line again, uh, halfway through the game, and then that's when you could really go chasing offense. But alas, you know, that is just us sitting here 
complaining, whining, right. uh, exactly. asking what, you know, why is this the way that it is? Um, we are running out of time on Zoom, though, shortly. Um, let me just see here. What else? I, I lost my track of thought. I don't know what I was going to ask you. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I I will say this. I, I completely forgot to, to, to say this at the start, uh, but I would not have guessed that the Jets were going to lose tonight, even though that uh even though the sharks apparently have their number but hey if you do want to bet it's march mania at sports oh, interaction <laughs> i'm sorry Connor. There you go. uh there nhl you go. nba march madness mlb and so much more it's bananas that's in the script i have to say it i'm sorry uh play pinata picks and minute madness exclusive games with insane odds you can't play anywhere else make your next bet with sports interaction download the app in ontario or uh, using the qr code at the bottom of the screen or head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn to get started 19 plus please play responsibly uh please do if not there there are always uh resources in the description please do consult that um all right i'm gonna i'm gonna hop over to the chat here and see anyone uh see if anyone have any uh any questions here uh mgd8862 says what will the jets get for shifley uh trading him in the offseason connor I'll let you take that away. Is there anyone, anything in particular, any sort of package, any like what, even just philosophy generally, what would you be looking for in a Shifley trade? And also maybe, uh, you know, if the Jets do take a step back, why don't you give us a little insight into maybe some Manitoba Moose players that could be uh, of use in the future? Well, newly signed Parker Ford scored tonight, so he might. Hey. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bring his name up. He literally joined the organization today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Shifley, we talked uh, again. Level flights coming up, but we talked on our latest episode of of if the Jets blew it up, what would the the returns look like for all these players? And we kind of settled that. Obviously, for Shifley, Hellebuck, Dubois, it starts with a first round pick, and then you build off of that. Um, so Shifley would start with a one and then depending on when they're trading him, uh, because like I said, I don't know if they're going to blow it up in the off season or they're going to wait, they're going to run it back and wait in the deadline. Uh, but maybe if they go to the deadline, then it's a one, it looks like the bowl, Bo, sorry, Bo Horvat trade. Um, but if they do it in the off season, maybe, maybe they can have more bidders. They can maximize those assets. Uh, but like a B plus prospect plus a one plus maybe that's all maybe b plus and a one maybe b and a one uh or they 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 make a hockey trade because chevy seems to love those and they get a player like evgeny kuznetsov like you said like a, another top six center in return uh but i think if they're trading shifley they're blowing it up and that would mean a first round pick has to be involved mm-hmm. and then i would think something else i would hope something else but i don't know what Shifley's value is um especially when he's I don't know if he's already 30 or if he's turning 30 but um he's he's getting into the later stages of his career he's going to need a new contract I don't know what his market value is but I think it starts with a one for sure I I I definitely agree with that there and I think the more interesting thing uh is here is is what team would even be interested in a Mark Shifley cuz like you look right. you look around and you know I'm sure I'm sure that it it, it is a, a negative to his value that teams can look and go, I think that this guy might be part of the problem uh, in Winnipeg. And, you know, they might want to go, okay, maybe we'll stay away from him. Uh, we don't want him to infect our locker room. Uh, Kishore also says he is 30, so he is on the wrong side of 30, okay. unfortunately. Um, yeah. But 
<laughs> list goes starts with a one. <laughs> um, but uh, but going back to that, like I I wonder if a team like you know a young team would be interested in him to try and kind of elevate their team. Um, in kind of like a like an, an Artemi Panarin kind of way to kind of accelerate a, a rebuild. Mm. Um, I wonder if a team like, and this is for either Dubois or Shifley, I wonder if a team like Boston would be interested in that just due to the fact that, you know, Krejci and, and Bergeron at some point have to retire and walk away, right? Um, right. And maybe they, they look at Shifley and go, hey, you know, this is a guy that we can uh <laughs> that we can actually you know impose our culture on him rather than uh vice versa um but I, as uh, as Kishore says in the chat here 37 is the player that has the most value i completely agree and uh, yeah. i just i just salivate I, I just salivate at the thought of like if you can get uh hellebuck to sign some sort of extension with a trade like what does that value look like? I like if you if you approach a team like like an Edmonton or like a like I don't know, I'm trying to think of what team what teams LA. like LA. If you if you go up to any LA. of those teams Detroit. like Detroit, uh man, the value <laughs> the value you could yeah. get. Cause like, you know, if you're in Edmonton's shoes, if you're in LA's shoes, like uh, I'm giving up like who I'm just trying to think of who would be prospects on either of those teams. I guess on Edmonton you have like Xavier Bourgo. Uh, mm-hmm. Dylan Holloway, all these guys. I think that those guys could be uh, very interesting in a in a Hellebuck trade because I'm sure that they would be interested in him. But uh, but returning back uh, back to you, um, I I do want to press you a little bit. What what have you seen oh, this God. year from uh, from some of the guys uh, on the Moose? There, uh, are, is there any standout? Oh yeah, uh, that could potentially you know make an impact either next year, the year after, or guys who might be taking longer, but you're, you know, pretty confident that they'll make it there. Uh, would love your insight on the, uh, on the Manitoba moose. Is this, is this a Billy Hainala question? <laughs> it's not specifically a Billy Hainala <laughs> I mean, question. Yeah. It's, it's a question that about the team he plays for, but. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I it mean, actually wasn't if... to be honest, but. <laughs> okay. Okay. But go, but go I, I was just wondering because most people, when they ask about the moose, they just want to know about Billy because that's like, the yeah. number one prospect on the team really um but no he's he's been better than he was last year like he's he's made more strides um again i've stood on the on the side where i just don't really know what uh like the 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 defense core is jammed right like sandberg's there now um yeah do you want him playing 7th d or do you want him playing in the moose this is probably the best spot for him right now but then again, he's dominating the minutes that he's given, right? So there's that on the back end. Declan Chisholm just got hurt. Um, Leon Gavanka, he's he hasn't really like he's kind of been the same player for the last two years here. Um, there might not be um an NHL future for him, but again, both Chisholm and Gavanka, I believe, are no longer waivers eligible after this year. So either they're gonna be in the NHL or they're gonna be somewhere else. Um, or in the AHL, but they can't move them up and down, kind of thing, right? Um, in terms of up front, uh, I sit with Dave Manuk of Illegal Curve uh, every game. He really likes Henry Nikonen, um, fourth rounder in 2019. He's made some big strides. Him and Daniel Torgerson, when they use their size, are pretty like are very very effective AHL players. If that can translate into the NHL, that would be huge for the Jets' bottom six, of course. Um, and then obviously like Jansen Harkins is lighting it up. Mm-hmm. Uh tonight he moved to 41 points in 36 games uh with the Moose which is by far the highest point per game uh on the team. 
Dominic Toninato, again, all situations player, penalty kill, power play. He's lighting it up as well. Um, and then the rest are just kind of either AHL guys that have been there and are still playing well, like Alex Lamoche and Jeff Mallott, um, or they're still young prospects that haven't really um, taken that leap yet. Uh, but I think Jansen Harkins, every time I post a video of him um, scoring a goal, as he does, like seemingly every game, people are wondering why he's not in the Jets' bottom six, especially when they're having so many issues scoring. Mm-hmm. Um and I agree, like maybe Jansen Harkins could get called up and maybe a guy like Sakumana Linen, who, yeah, his game isn't to score, but you need scoring right now. So maybe you could do that. Um, but to answer the the part of your question that was uh, like in the near future, um, again, I think it's still Vili Hanala for like three years running now is is the guy <laughs> we'll we'll always we'll always be on his side uh even when he turns 30 and he's still in the ahl uh right. or he's playing for some nhl team some other nhl team lighting it up um i would love to continue this conversation uh i would love to talk more jets and more moose with you but unfortunately our zoom is about to run out so less than a minute less than a minute so thank you all uh <laughs> thank you all for tuning in we got a great turnout for uh you know considering it's almost one in the morning uh connor thank you also again for staying up joining me here tonight it was a lot of fun uh make sure you do check out connor's work he's uh over on twitter of course at, at connor rabchuk one uh he's doing stuff for the hockey writer he's writing there for the jets and sanders uh obviously the level flight podcast uh is it level flight level flight podcast right yeah level flight podcast at level flight wpg perfect thank you uh yeah and and please do go check it out as as he was saying today he uh, they've they've had many conversations about st- uh, a lot of the stuff we're pondering today uh so mm-hmm. go check it out uh anyways thank you all for tuning in i think i'm probably going to lose you immediately so thank you again connor thank you thank Uh, you thank you (laughs) that was great uh oh there he goes well again thank you all for tuning in please do like the stream uh again really appreciate you guys all sticking with me here tonight uh the jets have a couple more games uh coming up there's what like seven more games left on the schedule uh, again, appreciate you all for coming out. Uh, follow Connor on Twitter. Follow myself at NHL Chunky. Follow at SDPN Sports. Follow Liz Hood. Have yourselves a uh, a wonderful. Uh, you know, it's it's already Wednesday, so enjoy. Uh, happy Wednesday, my dudes, and uh, have the, a good rest of your week. Thank you all for tuning in. Game over. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.